The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Esa noche, después de poner a los niños en la cama, Patricia le advirtió a Juan que debían prepararse para la inesperada llegada de... Contingencia. Juan, la tía Conti nos va a caer en el momento menos pensado. Nunca es una visita amena. Nunca llega sola. Un día acompañada por huracán o atentado. Otro por incendio o terremoto. Tranquila, no creo que venga. Lo mismo me dijiste la vez pasada. Nada más acuerda. A Juan se le puso la piel de gallina al acordarse de la última visita de contingencia. Estuvo horrible. La próxima vez podría estar peor. Necesitamos un plan. Las emergencias nunca avisan. Sé listo. Prepara un equipo de emergencias. Ten un plan y mantente informado. Para empezar a prepararte hoy, visita www.listo.gov o llama al 1-888-C-LISTO. Este es un mensaje del Departamento de Seguridad Nacional y el Ad Council. Good morning and welcome to this July 26th edition of Hippocrates Now on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We are broadcasting live from the University of California campus in Irvine, streaming on the web at www.kuci.org and always available via podcast. You can find a link to this podcast and others by logging on to www.kuci.org slash talk, scrolling down to this show or any of the others, and clicking the link that takes you directly to our podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Tang, and this is Hippocrates Now. Every Thursday morning, we dedicate our time here to the science of medicine and fitness. We bring you information, interviews, articles, and clips about the latest and most up-to-date thinking about fitness, medicine, and your health. I'm also here to take your calls. Feel free to call in the KUCI 949-824-5824. Once again, that's KUCI. I'm sorry, once again, that's 949-824-5824-KUCI. Or you can email me at NathanCTang at gmail.com with questions, comments, or suggestions. On to the show. Today we have a very special guest. He comes and he hails from Bikram Yoga Studio of Irvine. He's come to talk to you about yoga, Bikram Yoga especially, and what it's all about. Uh, welcome to the show, Jeffrey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, same here. All right, so Jeffrey, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, uh, who you are, where you come from, and what Bikram Yoga is all about. Sure. Uh, my name is Jeffrey Wong, and I'm the owner and director of the Bikram Yoga Irvine Studio. Uh, we opened about four years ago as of December this year, so late 2008, and uh, we're doing pretty good. Um, Bikram Yoga, you want me to talk a little bit about the, the origins of the yoga? 
That would be great. Yeah, the origins, the five W's, who, what, when, where, how, and why. And I know that's going to take some time, but uh, we have time here. <laughs> sure, no problem. Um, Bikram yoga is essentially the original hot yoga. Um, and I say the original hot yoga. Yoga, as you probably have heard, has become extremely popular, um, almost bordering on a trend right now um, in all parts of the world. Yes. Especially the United States. Um, but Bikram Chowdhury is uh, the gentleman who introduced this form of yoga um, to the U.S. in the early 1970s. Um, and so what Bikram Yoga is, this particular series of yoga, is a 90-minute practice. Um, it's always the same series of postures every time you come and do a Bikram Yoga class. So um, it is 26 postures, two breathing exercises. Um, again, it's 90 minutes. Uh, one of the largest distinguishing factors about this type of yoga is that it is practiced in heat. And so um, the hot yoga, it's done in 105 degrees, relatively about 40% humidity. Uh, it is open to anyone. Uh, you do not have to have any experience to practice this form of yoga. And the idea is to move through the different postures. You are led by a certified instructor at all the um, Bikram Yoga studios that are around the world. There's roughly, I think, about 5,000 studios worldwide right now. So it's in pretty much every major city and country that you can think of. Um, but again, so going back to the practice, it's a 90-minute class, 26 postures. You go through them. You're led by the teacher um, inside the room. The room is heated to 105 degrees. Uh, and the idea is to work through each posture uh, progressively so your body starts with a breathing exercise and you move through different postures that uh, warm up your body, uh, move inside and out. So they work pretty much internally and externally through muscles, tissues, joints, um, improving blood circulation. That's one of the key uh, reasons why we use the heat. Um, the heat is meant to, um, things expand in heat, so when your body's in that heated element, um, blood vessels expand, veins, arteries, everything opens up, in other words, so that uh, things are moving and flushing any sort of dead cells, free radicals, um, and just basically helping everything be healthy inside as well as your, your muscles and joints. Wow, and it does all that. The heat does all that. It does. The heat helps that. Um, I don't think the heat does that. Well, the, it's really the heat aids that. Um, the yoga and the, the postures themselves uh, focus on different areas of the body. The heat is sort of a, is an aid, if you will. So the, the heat helps you to, helps everything inside your body to open up. But the postures themselves are what does the work for you. So each posture in this yoga series opens up and works on different parts of the body. So in the spine is obviously a huge part of that, you know, working through lengthening the spine, stretching it, um, as well as opening, stretching muscles, building strength as well, and, and flexibility, and a lot of different mental benefits um, on top of that as well that you feel after you finish practicing. And I'm sure it burns a lot of calories at the same time. It does. I mean, it can burn a lot of calories... Uh, it depends on, you know, we, we get that question a lot at the studio. Um, students will come in for their first time, and a, a lot of times an objective is that one of their goals is to lose weight. I mean, that's pretty common, and we'll be asked if, uh, if, if this burns so many calories. And the answer is always sort of it's, it's really a subjective thing. It's up to you. Um, it depends on the individual um, different factors, you know, what their diet is like, what else they do, how hard they're actually working in the class. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the, the practice is open to all levels of experience. So in any given class at one time, we'll have um, several students who are brand new, never done any yoga before, um, all the way up to a very experienced level of practice um, of students who are practicing maybe four, five, six times a week. Wow. So 
Um, in, in that sense, it's great. It is open to different levels, but you get sort of what you put into it, just like I think any sort of um, form of exercise or, or fitness regime. You, if you work harder, you're going to burn more calories. I had a good friend who wore a heart monitor uh, once in the class and um, was able to read that he, he burned about 1,300 calories during the class. So, um, yeah, it, could, it can range. Wow, 1,300 in the span of an hour and a half. That's, that's quite an achievement. Yeah, and this gentleman was a runner as well, so he's a regular runner, and his metabolism is probably a lot higher. And so, um, so yeah, again, it, it goes back to sort of what you what you do, um, and how hard you're working, and um, but you can get a lot of a lot of good benefits from from the practice. Jeffrey, tell me about a a particular posture that you think is, in your opinion, a very good posture um, that really benefits okay yourself physically. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, one of my personal favorite postures is is, the, is called the camel posture, um, and it, this posture involves it's it's the deepest backward bend that is that is practiced in this series, and backward bends. Um, and I'll tell you why the, this is one of my favorites and why I think it's probably one of the most beneficial postures in the class. Um, this posture is done towards the last quarter end of the class, and it's a deep backward bend and. Backward bends are incredible for your body and for your spine because, you know, throughout our day, most of the time, you know, as, as human beings, we're just always used to leaning forward or rounding over. So we're, we're usually hunched over, whether you're in your car driving, you're working on your computer, you, you know, you're working on your iPad or whatever it is, usually we're rounding forward. So our spine is sort of curled in. Um, <clears throat> but in this particular posture, in camel posture, we actually open up the front side of the body and we're bending backwards. So we're compressing the spine, doing the opposite, in other words, of what we do in, in our daily lives, which really helps to balance out your spine, um, keep it healthy, also stimulates um, your nervous system, which the spine is in control of, and also, again, has the effect of opening the front side of your body, which we don't normally do. You know, as, as humans, we sort of, if we're protecting ourselves, the natural instinct is to curl around in or to, you know, cover ourselves. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you're sort of exposing all the vital parts of your body, if you will, like opening up the front side, opening your chest, muscles in the, in the front of the neck, the throat, and um, getting a very deep um, stimulation and, and sort of rejuvenating your, your nervous system. So it's a pretty intense posture. A lot of times um, students will experience a little nausea or dizziness, um, you know, during or after that particular posture, which is normal because you're doing something that's out of your comfort zone. But um, in that sense, I also think that's why it's, such a, it's, it's an incredible posture. Is there any chance that the camel posture can make you taller by stretching out? <laughs> um, not, well, there are some postures um, that when you say taller that, that come to mind. There's a posture called the uh, half tortoise posture, which actually does stretch your spine, and rabbit, um, which is done after the camel posture. I know this all sounds a bit... Um, like we're going to the farm, but yeah, um, but but yeah, there are different postures that do actually do extend the spine. And in this particular co- posture, camel, it's a it's a compression, so you are almost shortening a little bit, if you will. Ooh. But um, after you do that posture, the posture right after it, called rabbit, actually opens the spine back up. Um, so the post- the sequence of the postures is done in such a way uh, so that each posture sort of. Um, allows for a natural progression and evolution of moving through your body safely. So you're, you're compressing one side, you're opening another side, and everything is sort of balanced out by the time you're done with the posture, so, which is the reason why Bikram created this particular sequence is to allow for your body to safely practice something uh, you know, and, and move through your body internally, externally, very deeply, but also doing it in a safe manner and all the while being 
um, a, a form of yoga that you can practice without any experience at all. I mean, you have you practiced yoga? I actually have not. I, okay. I, I really want to. It's just not convenient for me to go to a studio. Um, right. And if it's something I can, you know, go on YouTube and look up, right. that'd be great. But, I mean, I think the first time around might be best for me to go to a studio. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I think most, in in general, what I what I hear when we, we, um, we have new students come in is that they've maybe tried it at their gym, you know, 24-hour fitness, whatnot, things like that. Um, where, where there are, and depending on your experience, depending on the teacher who taught you that day, um, it can be a good or bad experience. Um, the upside of going to a studio is that uh, you know you are getting a certified um, instructor who has gone through training. Um, for example, for Bikram Yoga, uh, it's one of the most intense trainings. It's a nine-week course of intensive training, six days a week. And so they go through that regimen to, to fully understand and be able to safely and, and informatively give you a class um so so yeah so there is an upside to going to studios and there are so many different forms of yoga out there now um and that's the great thing about it is it, it is getting popular in the stu- a lot of uh studios that focus on different forms and, and different practices and so you are getting um well-trained more and more well-trained uh instructors out there teaching it and after a little while, I mean, it's possible that you could go back and do it yourself. But the thing I see is that people just, you know, they like being in the environment with others and, you know, in the 105-degree heat. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is. Um, you, it, you can practice this form of yoga at home. Some students may do that if they're traveling and there's not a Bikram studio nearby, um, which is now less and less likely since they're just growing in numbers. Um, and like I was saying, there's a studio pretty, pretty much in every major city around the world. Um, but that being said, uh, it, is, it is better to practice in a studio, and a lot of students do prefer that to go to the studio because of the, the environment. There is definitely a camaraderie and a, community, a sense of community in the studio. You know, the students there are all there going for that one goal to, to increase their own health and wellness. And um, being led by the instructor is, um, I heard it described or compared to almost like having a personal trainer because the way that Bikram Yoga is taught is... Um, and, that, and this is something that's a little bit is very different also as well compared to other forms of yoga. A lot of forms of yoga that you see taught are taught in the more aerobics, um, you know, Richard Simmons type of way where the instructor is sort of doing the class with you and actually performing the exercise, um, whereas opposed to in Bikram yoga, the, the instructor is there in the room, but you're being led verbally. So what I mean by that is the instructor is actually talking you through the entire class, telling you exactly what to do, but not actually doing the postures. And the reason why that is is that this way the instructor can actually concentrate and sort of watch and, and monitor everyone while everyone's performing the series. And the dialogue, if you will, that, that you hear during the class from the teacher is always actually the same Again, going back to that point of consistency, the same words that are being spoken so that you, every time you go, you're basically hearing the same thing, but you're understanding a little bit more. I mean, as you can imagine, 90 minutes worth of yoga, it's a lot to say, but um, it's, it's, it's what all the instructors are taught when they go through that nightly training, and that gives them the tool to then go through and, and teach a very consistent class um, and go through the postures again safely and progressively. Mm. So, if you could, what would be like a um, a general run through of, let's say, I'm a new student and I, I had to mm-hmm. Bikram Yoga Irvine, and what's what would the first class be like? Well, the first thing that we would tell you to do, actually, before you come to the class, uh, is to show up uh, well hydrated, which is always always important, and especially 
obviously given the, the environment that you're practicing in, you are going to practice in heat. And so you do want to be well hydrated before the class. Um, we do ask students to come on an empty stomach. So that just, you know, with any other exercise, especially with yoga, where you're doing compressions and you're leaning over, stretching back, and, and using all these different muscle groups that you don't want to feel nauseous during the class with, you know, if you don't want to have it in and out before you go to class. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that being said, you get to the class um, and check in at the front, and uh, what we do is the instructor lets you know where to set up, where the locker rooms are. Um, you set your mat up, you wait for the instructor, and at, at our studio what we do is the instructor will then um, take all the new students, any of the new students that are there for that particular class, and um, talk to them, give them a little briefing before the class begins. And this is sort of a one-on-one, -on -one. it's a little bit more personal, um, just to let them know what to expect during the class. So the instructor will let, for instance, if you were coming to the class for the first day, I'd let you know that uh, class is 90 minutes, and uh, the idea is to work to your own level of ability. So you're not expected or asked to do anything that your body can't do. Um, work to what you can do, uh, listen, try to follow along the best that you can, we ask new students to set up towards the back of the room. There's a large mirror, actually, in the front of the practice space, which everyone sort of uses as a visual tool during the class to watch their own form. Um, so I'd ask you, Nathan, to set up in the back. Uh, focus on yourself. Just, you know, don't worry about anybody else. And if you need to, you can look around at other students that are in the room just to see if you're not sure what to do or where to put your hands, where to put your feet. And then just go through the class regularly. Breathing is a, um, is a huge part of yoga, of any yoga practice. And so I would remind you that you want to breathe calmly, slowly through the entire class, and that the class works together as a group. So we move through the postures together. I'll be instructing you. I'll be leading you verbally. And just listen. And uh, we take water breaks together as well. So everything is sort of done in unison as a group. Um, but as an individual, you're working to what your own body, your own mind can sort of get through during that particular class. So that's way, that way it's safe for you, um, but everybody's getting the full benefits of what they're putting into their, their particular, that particular class for that day. That's awesome. You're kind of drawing into yourself when you take a yoga class. And I have a very interesting question. A very, I'm very curious. Does it get competitive inside the studio? Like, do people compete against each other, or is there really not that opportunity to be? <laughs> I think that's, a, yeah, that's a good question, and it's, um, it's an interesting one. Um, Especially now, given that there, uh, you know, Bikram has Bikram and his wife Rajeshree have have been trying to actually uh, see, try to get Bikram yoga or yoga itself into, uh, you know, set up as an Olympic sport. Whoa! You know, which which brings up um, uh, this whole idea of competition. But but before I go off on that tangent, going back to what you're asking, does it get competitive within, um, you know, a, a studio in your neighborhood? Yeah, sure, it can. And uh, you know, students who. Typically, in a big room studio, we asked um, more experienced students to practice towards the front in the front row and less experienced or new, new students to practice in the back. And this is not so much for competitive sake, but to because we move as a group and it is a group class, it's great to have students who are uh, demonstrating proper form in the very, very front row so that students who are less experienced can you know, use them as a visual guide if they need to. Um, so, but going on that, back to the competition thing, yeah, there's definitely, you know, some, some students who are very, uh, have, have been practicing a lot. Um, and sometimes we do, what we do at our studio, we do a semi-annual 30-day challenge. And a lot of the students who are, you know, pretty hardcore and practice a lot will show up for that. And a lot of new students will, will try that, too, just to give themselves a challenge. The idea of a 30-day challenge is to come in and challenge yourself to practice 30 days in a row. So essentially come to the studio, try to get 
30 classes done in 30 days, and we do that twice a year, basically once in the spring in May and once in October. Um, it's, it's a lot of good energy, and yes, it does generate a sense of competition. There are some students who actually do more than 30, day, 30 classes in 30 days. We've had a student do up to 70, 75 classes, I think she did, in a span of 30 days, which is incredible and amazing. And, um, but at the end of the day, it does also uh, bring a strong sense of community, and they feel um, a lot of the benefits mentally and, and physically of the yoga. But there definitely can be that sense of competition. It's pretty healthy, I would say. I don't think there's anybody trying to uh, you know, <laughs> knock you over during the class or anything like that while you're trying to balance in a posture. But, it, but it's, all, it's all good fun, and it's, it's, a, it's a good positive atmosphere. I'm the tortoise master. I'm the rapid master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, can, it can get a little bit like that in students, you know, but I think that's a natural sense of ego that, that develops even when you are, you're taking yoga and you are trying to better yourself and improve yourself. But your sense of, you know, how, how well you're progressing can, can definitely lead you to, to feel more proud and, and that. But, but for the most part, I think everybody is, when you're in a class like that and you're practicing 90 minutes, it's 105 degrees, you're pretty much just really focused on yourself. That's, <laughs> that's kind of the, uh, you almost have to because it can be like a torture chamber in there sometimes. <laughs> I can imagine. I was thinking at first, like, wait, is the heat there just to make you suffer more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some people say that. You know, and it is a, it's a, it is a, um, it's a pretty polarizing um, style of yoga. Even then, this, this form of yoga, you know, like I said, Bikram is the original high yoga series. It's been around since the 70s. And so, um, and the students' personality types that are drawn to this type of yoga are definitely a lot of the type A personalities, you know, um, students that really like a good challenge and are, are very, very proactive and, and very focused and sort of ambitious about what they're doing. And they like to go in, get their class done, 90 minutes, it's, it's full on. You really can't think about anything else during the class. You're just trying to get through get through the class, get through the postures, and then sort of, and then also learn, learn to calm yourself down while you're going through the class and breathing easily and all that. So that's what brings a lot, brings about a lot of the, the mental benefits of, of the practice. Um, being as physical as it is, um, it does really, uh, you do feel that difference when you leave the class. So yoga, in essence, I mean, it primes us, it primes our body in different ways um, mm-hmm. to perform in, you know, different exercises and stretch in different ways, and uh, I'm sure it, you know, improves our cardiovascular endurance in some ways more than not. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it leaves us feeling uh, fulfilled, um, more confident, I guess you could say, in terms of, you know, your own body, and um, it leaves you feeling um, more energized, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And so we know that yoga has mental and physical benefits, um, but does yoga come with a, a dietary plan, as do, like, CrossFit or, like, bodybuilding? Because, um, I mean, yoga is totally different. Um, but I'm curious as to whether mm-hmm. yoga has its own, like, dietary plan. Like, only, it's like a, a lot of vegetarian stuff or there's no plan at all. Yeah, that's, um, it's, it's something that in Bikram yoga, no. We don't. Uh, at, at Bikram Yoga Studios, we don't prescribe or recommend that students go on any particular or specific type of dietary plan or to change their diet in any way. Uh, what we really encourage is that the students continue whatever they're doing that makes their body feel good. Um, balance, obviously, is, is the key uh, to, get, to stay well hydrated, to get enough nutrition, to get enough protein you know, carbohydrates to get fiber, to get all those things that you, that, that, you know, on the whole that you're, you're trying to do. We don't 
ask that uh, you know that students necessarily give up anything. And in fact, I think we we on the most on the for the most part, we encourage students to to just maintain a balanced, you know, a healthy diet. Now, students themselves individually, a lot of times they'll they'll have different goals. Like I said, if somebody is looking to really lose weight very quickly, they may be doing something. They may be doing a cleanse, or they may be trying to go, you know, paleo. You know, we've had we've had mm. students. I mean, you mentioned CrossFit. CrossFit and, and paleo seem to go hand in hand, and there, we do have quite a few students who come from the CrossFit. Um, community as well and who are trying Bikram Yoga to see what sort of additional benefits they can get from that. Um, and some of those students are, are following a paleo diet. Um, and again, we don't really get um, involved in that at, at all. You know, it's, we, don't, we don't talk about diet during the class. Um, we'll, some teachers will offer recommendations or tips on things that, that are healthy or superfoods or the newest thing that they've heard about. But other than that, um, we really just focus on getting the students through the practice, um, the mental and physical part of that practice, and then you know, we leave that to what they're, in terms of their diet or what they're trying to restrict or or, in, or add to their sort of daily regimen of food. It's really up to them. We don't really um, offer or recommend that per se because I think that can get into a lot of different, um, not risks, but I, th- I think that we stay away from that. We sort of focus on just what, what the yoga practice is about. What they want to put into their bodies, really, I think that's that's difficult to control. And like I said, it depends on the goals and what they're, they're trying to go through, or trying to achieve in, in their particular um, what their particular objectives are. Did that answer your question? Yeah, that totally did. Okay, and I, I think you know that's better. I mean, some people might have like religious or cultural restrictions on their foods, and the fact that yoga doesn't you know prescribe or go into you know what you should eat and what should is good because it, it can accommodate anyone's lifestyle. And I mean, it's just if you put in junk into your body, then you'll get junk out. <laughs> During during yoga sessions, yes, that's, that's actually a very um, that that's a funny thing that makes me think of. Yeah, I mean, when I've had a lot of garlic, let's say before class, and I go in and practice, and you know, you you actually will smell that coming back out of your <laughs> body, you know, because you are sweating so much, and your the the sweat is just your body's way of um, releasing and and getting rid of what your your body doesn't need. So your skin sort of lets all that go through your sweat, and um, so yeah. So, so I think that's that's sort of what, and students will experience, and what we've heard a lot too um, from regular students who practice consistently is that the more they're practicing, they naturally feel like they want to eat a little bit better, you know, maybe mm-hmm. not have as much wine the night before, things like that, because they'll obviously feel the negative effects of that if they've if they've indulged a little bit too much um, the day prior, and and then when then that particular next day when they take class they'll feel like whoa what happened there and like oh yeah that's right i had you know that sausage yesterday or i had that extra beer or glass of wine or shot of tequila <laughs> and uh and i definitely felt that in my class today so it, it's a it's a good thing it's it and in that sense i think it can indirectly guide your uh your dietary and and whatnot but um but other than that yeah we don't specifically get into any recommendations Oh, that's great. So it's kind of a, you know, a cycle that kind of self-motivates you to eat better or else you'll have hell the next day, which is great. And speaking of fit, um, these sessions are an hour and a half each day. And if you're like a working mother and, you you know, like five children, let's say, hypothetically, you would go to yoga sessions in the morning, like in the early morning, uh, where it would like out of, it'd be out of the way. Or when would it be like the most convenient time to go do a yoga session or they offered like throughout the day? Hello? Uh, Jeffrey, can you still hear me? Yeah, sorry about that. I think we got cut off for some reason. The, the line went down. So oh, I'm, okay. Yes, yeah, just back up for a few seconds. 
Oh, did you get the last question? I did not, actually. Can you repeat it? Yeah, no problem. So, um, speaking of fit, and spe- I mean, putting off, I mean, we just got off the topic of, you know, if you put in good food into your body, you get a good performance. If yeah. you put it junk, and um, also, I mean, we're to end on the note of fitness, uh-huh. and also how yoga can fit into your schedule. So, I know there's a lot, I mean, in Irvine, California, we have a lot of, I mean, working professionals, and they go to work like early in the morning, let's say eight o'clock, and they come back at six or seven or even later sometimes. Yeah. Um, how would one of these working professionals fit yoga into the schedule, or are there times offered early in the morning or even late at night? Sure. Well, we at Bikram Yoga Irvine, we have forty-five classes a week, and for example, through um, on the weekdays, um, we have classes starting as early as six a.m all the way through the last class of the night is 8.30 p.m. So a lot of um, 9 to 5, 9 to 5 uh, students will come in maybe for a 6 a.m. class or they'll come in after work, do a 6.30 or an 8.30 class, and that's how usually they'll, they'll fit in. So that, that's what we'll see is we'll have the 9 to 5ers come in usually before 9 a.m. or after, after work, after 5, and do the later classes. Um, and so that's why we try to offer. We, we have a pretty full schedule, pretty much classes seven days a week. Um, 6 a.m. class happens every day, including Saturdays as well. Sunday is the only day we don't have a 6 a.m. Surprisingly, yes, we do get quite a few students come for a 6 a.m. class, um, come in, they get the class done. And we, we have showers, we have locker facilities, um, amenities here so that, that students can have that convenience of coming in and getting their class done, getting ready for work, and then they can head out and, and, and start their day. So, um, so yeah, it is, it's a commitment, and 90 minutes does sound like a long time, um, but, but again, when you get um, into that regime and, and you practice regularly, um, they do take the time and try to make the effort to try to get that class done for the day because they know it makes that difference. When they um, when they start their day or they start their weekend, so so that's why we try to offer a lot of classes throughout the week, so that so that there's a lot of times and, and you can sort of pick and choose what what fits your schedule. Jeffrey, well, you know what? I'm gonna try try to get my mom on board as well as my <laughs> father. I mean, they're both working professionals, but hey, if they can do yoga early in the morning, I think they they'd be up for that. Sounds Jeffrey, good, thank you very much for being on the show. We've learned so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, it was my pleasure. And I think our listeners have learned a lot. Wonderful. Um, But thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. You as well. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Jeffrey Wong from Vikram Yoga Irvine. And that's it. Up next is uh, ZBZ with Our Digital Future. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. keep, Keep tuned in. Thank you very much. 